Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Gail Trotter, hear the truth from right inside D.C. It's Gail Trotter, stomping through the swamp for you in heels. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. I want to share with you a little vignette from my day. I go out in Washington, D.C. a lot to do errands and to just interact in my community. And I had a very interesting conversation today. I was talking with another Washingtonian and he asked me if I was going to the march on Saturday. And I didn't know what the march was. People who live in Washington, D.C. are subjected to a lot of marches. That's part of our First Amendment, that the people can come and protest for the government and decide to uh, make their voices heard to their elected officials. So we have a lot of marches that go on in Washington, D.C. And I was thinking at first when he asked me, maybe he was talking about the March for Life, but I knew that that happens next week. And so finally, I just had to ask him, what march are you talking about? And he responded, the Women's March, are you going? And I was blown away because I had not seen any coverage of the Women's March. And I remembered in prior years the controversies surrounding it. So I just wanted to take the episode today to talk about my five reflections about the Women's March and five reflections about where we are in this uh, president's administration in his term. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the anti-Semitism of the founders of the Women's March. The Women's March was founded by several co-chairs, one of whom was the infamous Linda Sarsour. And I think one quote by her encapsulates her view of this entire conflagration. She said, feminism and Zionism are incompatible. One of the other co-chairs, Carmen Perez, who is still a co-chair of the Women's March, was asked recently whether or not she would disavow famous and anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan because of the ties between Linda Sarsour and Louis Farrakhan. And Carmen Perez responded, as a Latina, we do not denounce people, which I thought was a hysterical comment uh, for obvious reasons. Um, according to the liberal news magazine, Mother Jones, the tablet magazine was told by sources that one of the other founders of the Women's March, Tamika Malloy, had said that the, quote, Jewish people were partially guilty of exploiting black and brown people and were leaders of the slave trade, end quote. So many of the uh, three of the four co-founders of the Women's March ended up resigning from the Women's March. But as I said, Carmen Perez is still one of the co-chairs of the Women's March. And I think it's really important when you see reporting about the Women's March and you hear this uh, explanation that so many women oppose President Trump, that you understand that the founders were called out on their anti-Semitism. My second observation about the Women's March is that the term Women's March was actually not descriptive of the march that took place right after President Trump was elected. They excluded pro-life groups, and by it, the nature of the march, they excluded women who were Republican, Democrat, Independent, who had voted for President Trump. So calling themselves a Women's March was not accurate. They should have said that they were anti-Trump women who were marching. Uh, also, you might remember my, my third point is about the, uh, I think the most obvious sign of the Women's March that happened in 2017, the pussy hats. 
And the organizer said that the Pussy Hats were created as a, quote, strong, unifying visual statement, end quote. But I did some research on it, and now the pussy hats are being disavowed. Marchers are being shamed for them, and they are discouraged from wearing them at the Women's March tomorrow. Why would they take this strong, unifying image, which I would say was the most reported item of the Women's March, that is the, the striking image of the Women's March of 2017, apparently pussy hats are exclusionary anti-transgender, and are harmful to gender non-binary people. And I quote from one of the news articles, not everyone who experiences female-like discrimination identifies as female, and not everyone who IDs as female has a vagina or menstruates at all, end quote. I thought this other quote from uh, this controversy about whether or not pussy hats would be allowed at 2020's Women's March was very illustrative too. Quote, the pink pussy hat reinforces the notion that woman equals vagina and vagina equals woman, and both are incorrect. Additionally, the pink pussy hat is white focused and ethnocentric. That could only be uh, it, that could only be created by someone from the academic world, I would say. My fourth observation about the women's march is that it's a negative event. Uh, you might remember the Women's March in 2017 had many celebrities who were on the stage. Well, this year, the Women's March will not have celebrities on a stage giving speeches. And I think that's because when they had this march in 2017, the celebrities were not bright enough to realize not to let the mask drop. And you had statements from celebrities like Madonna talking about wanting to blow up the White House. And that certainly did not reflect well on the Women's March. Um, so we're not going to have celebrities speaking on a stage. We're not going to have speakers on a stage at all for the Women's March this year. And instead, National Public Radio reports that the Chilean collective Las Tesis will lead a group in a rendition of their protest anthem, On Violada en tu Camino, which translated to English means a rapist in your path. That doesn't sound like a very positive, empowering uh, song to be singing at the Women's March. My fifth observation on the Women's March is that the march has shrunk. The, they applied for a permit this year for only 10,000 marchers. And we see that the leftist mainstream media coverage is trying to excuse that with uh, articles entitled things like, quote, the Women's March has gotten much smaller. That's partly by design. Of course, that's by design, because why would you want to have a lot of people at your march and show that you have a lot of support for whatever your issues are? Well, what are the women's marchers issues this year? Climate, reproductive justice and immig immigrants rights. And we have seen through the entire year that there have already been many marches. We saw Greta Thunberg on climate. We've seen all sorts of Planned Parenthood efforts on reproductive justice, AKA pro-abortion. And we've seen lots of marches and demonstrations for immigrants' rights. So I think the Women's March has been co-opted by a lot of organizations that are a lot more successful at getting their message out. So we were told in 2017, after President Trump was elected, and the women who marched in this uh, 2017 march told us that President Trump's term would be cataclysmic, particularly for women. Well, what have we seen under President Trump's term? 
We've seen that the economy is going gangbusters. We see new trade deals. We see tax law that has been changed to rev the economy and keep more money in Americans' pockets for them to spend as they choose. Uh, specifically related to women's employment, nearly 95% of net jobs that were added in December went to women. Women outnumber men on U.S. payrolls for the first, for the only the second time in recorded history. And this has not been done at the expense of men who are their friends, their neighbors, their sons, their brothers. And it's also really exciting that this administration protects religious liberty. So we're no longer seeing nuns being forced to choose between violating their consciences and paying heavy fines like we did with the Little Sisters of the Poor under the prior administration. We're also seeing huge changes in our foreign policy that make it less likely that we will go to war and sustain American casualties. Best of all, we have seen two rock star Supreme Court justices put in vacancies on the Supreme Court. We've seen many, many more lower court judges, which means that our constitutional rights as women will be respected. And on top of that, the the federal bench will not become a super legislature where when the left fails at the level of elected representatives at the state level or the federal level, they won't be able to appeal to the courts to ram their personal policy preferences over the will of the American people. I won't be attending the Women's March tomorrow, but it looks like not many women will. I'm Gail Trotter, and this is Right in D.C. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also, follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. And listen to her show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show. You can handle the truth.